secrets of success. What is up, my friends? This is Russell Brunson. Welcome back to the Secrets of Success Members Only Podcast. Um, I've got something really cool for the next two episodes for you. So a couple of years ago, I took a group of entrepreneurs down to Mexico, and I spent like, I think, seven or eight hours with them uh, doing some trainings over two days, specifically on a lot of this stuff. Um, one of the phrases that we use, you hear it's in the call, I call my entrepreneurs the prime movers, the prime movers of society, people who are changing things, who are moving things, who are creating things. And I wanted to help the prime movers to be more successful. So this was, again, some of my early thinking as I was working on this project of Secrets of Success. Um, and I'll probably have different different episodes from this training I will give you, but there's two that I really wanted you to do. And the first one is all about your values. Um, this is like a simple concept, a simple exercise um, to figure out what it is you value the most. Uh, a lot of us are chasing our dreams or our goals, um, which are good. But a lot of times if we, you know, Going after a goal is binary. Either we got it or we don't. And if you get it, a lot of times like, oh, I'm happy I got it. Or you don't get it and you're sad. Oh, I didn't get it. And it's just a weird thing, right? And so happiness, I don't think, is in, it's not in the um, the attainment of a of an achievement, right? And I think time has proven that. Like you see people who achieve the greatest stuff in the world, Olympic athletes, billionaires, who then take their lives later, right? Like, like getting that does not give you actual fulfillment, right? And if you listen back to, um, you know, module number one, I talked about like my definition of success, success equals achievement plus fulfillment. Like those two things have to be together for you to actually be successful, right? And so the question like, well, how do you get fulfilled? How do you, like, what am I actually chasing? If I'm not chasing like a goal, like I need to chase something, like what is that? And if you ever study Ayn Rand, she's one of my favorite authors, um, very controversial. <laughs> There's some things I don't agree with her, but, um, one of the things I do love about her, she talks a lot about values, like coming back to like, what are the things you value the most? What are those? And for me, it's like, well, I value my family. I value, like, I kind of think of some things, but there's no, like, practical way to figure those things out. And um, there's a, the guy who's actually the head of the Ayn Rand Foundation. His name is Tal Tusfany, and he's a close friend. And he created this really cool um, framework for how to figure out what your values actually are. He has to create a value galaxy and value themes. And from there, you figure out exactly what you value the most. Um, and so during this episode, I'm going to take you guys through that exercise, the same one I took all these people in Mexico through to help you identify what you actually value, which is really fascinating. Um, so that's number one. And then, um, number two, we'll, uh, after that next episode, sorry, we're going to go, how do you take that value? And there's something really powerful, um, that I want you to do with that. So I'll talk about that during the next episode, but this first thing's all about getting your values. And I remember, uh, after Mexico was done, I actually did this exercise with my kids. Uh, we went on a, on spring break, we were in California and I sat down with my kids. I said, okay, well, I want to figure out what you guys value. And it was, we did the same exercise and it was really fun. And then they figured out their value galaxy and then their value themes. And from there they came back. Um, and I learned so much about my kids, the things they actually value the most. Um, anyway, it was amazing. I learned about my wife. I was like, oh, I had no idea that's what you value. And according to Ayn Rand, that happiness comes in the achievement of your values, not the achievement of your goals. Um, again, a goal you can pursue, you either get it or you don't, but a value, like I value my family. So the pursuit and the achievement of like a family, I can, I can have that, right? And I can feel happy and fulfilled because I, I, I have a great family. I have a great business I have a great like the thing I value right not the not the achievement I'm trying to get the achievement it's it's we think that the achievement is going to give us fulfillment but it doesn't it's the pursuit and the achievement of the value not the goal um so this should help you figure out exactly what the things are you value the most and then from there um it gives you um a better understanding of what you're actually pursuing so anyway I hope you enjoy this one uh, again this is episode number 1 prime movers versus the drifters and this episode is called your values I hope you guys enjoyed um, 
my hour and a half to two hours today we're going to be going through. Um, I'm going to be pushing you guys a little bit. There's going to be parts that are going to feel a little uncomfortable. Um, there's going to be parts that are going to be really cool. But I'm hoping to give you a breakthrough. Um, I actually did the exercise last night that you're going to be doing today. And I did it, and it was a good experience. And I was like, that was really, really cool. And then this morning I woke up, and the first thing I did is I read what I wrote. And um, <laughs> I broke down like I haven't in a long time. And my wife walked in. She's like, what's the matter? Are you okay? And I was like, oh, this is what we're doing today. So um, I, I think it'll be special if you guys allow it to be. Um, but to do that, it means we need to be present. It means we'll be focusing. Um, there's going to be times we're going to be working for like extended periods of time, like 30 to 40 minutes at a time. And I just ask while that's happening that um, to make sure you don't distract your neighbors. Um, some people here are here because they need a breakthrough. Maybe that's you. Hopefully it's you. Um, if you don't want to do the exercises, that's cool. Just when those happen, jump up, go to the bathroom, and then come back. Just I don't want anyone interrupting each other during those times because uh, this can be and should be sacred, special moments with yourself and your thoughts um, while we're going through it. If that's okay. Is that cool? Okay. Um, I'm excited. The new book, as you guys know, coming out is called Secrets of Success. Um, I bought secretsofsuccess.com. I'm so excited. It's going to be a book. It's going to be a course. It's going to be a movement. It's going to be a whole bunch of amazing things. Um, it's going to be uh, something that... Uh, hopefully will be a big part of the next section of my life. Um, I've always felt called to serve entrepreneurs, and we're going to talk a lot about our callings here uh, throughout today. Um, and I feel like this is the next piece for me. I think so many times we give, uh, we've given you guys tools and training and ability to do stuff. I think the next part uh, for me is really helping you guys um, to get to the next levels, to get the, the next things you're looking for. And a lot of times that's not another tactic or technique. It is ClickFunnels 2.0. So as soon as Todd gets that, that'll be the next big jump. But then after that, it's, it's our minds. That's what we can think and what we can create. And the more we're able to do that, the more people we can serve and the more lives we can change. And so um, that's what I'm excited for. Now, a couple of things like leading into this session. Um, and again, this is some of the stuff that I'm like, I've been nervous about because um, obviously everyone in this room has different beliefs. And we're going to talk about beliefs a lot, especially tonight. We're talking about beliefs. Everyone's got different values. We're talking about that this morning. Um, and everyone's kind of coming in different spots. And I want this to be a safe spot for everyone because everyone here has got different beliefs. And it's completely cool. If you guys have different beliefs than me, different values, like I respect that. I love that. And it doesn't bother me a little bit. Uh, but because I don't want also like to water this down, I'm not going to try to water this down. <laughs> you guys are okay with that. So I'm going to share my beliefs the way that I actually believe them. And if you don't believe my beliefs, that's totally cool. Don't let that, like, don't like what they say, don't uh, throw out the baby with the bathwater, right? Um, if I share my beliefs about God on something and you don't agree with that, don't be like, oh, I can't believe Russell's talking about this. Oh, I'm out and freak out. Like, just be like, oh, I view something different. And that's totally cool. Like, take the things that are valuable for you, uh, put it inside the frame of how you view the world. Um, but I don't want to hide uh, how I feel because I think it's important. And so I want to lead with that. I've been praying hard over the last week, month, three months, six months to be able to share stuff that's going to be really, really impactful. And I don't want any of those things to be held back. I remember, how many of you guys have ever been to Stacey Martino's event? So uh, I love Stacey. She's amazing. She's in this group. She wasn't here today because she's got her breakthrough in paradise, I think, next weekend in Jamaica. And so she's like, I can't do two events back. Anyway, but uh, she's amazing. And I went to her event. Clint and I went to her event last year in Jamaica, and we hung out there. And if you know Stacy, she's like the cutest, nicest little thing, and she drops the F-bomb like every third word. And uh, she's, she's like, she asks, like, who here, like, you know, gets offended by the F-bomb? And, you know, not that I get offended, but like, I don't, I don't love it. I don't care for it. Um, and she said, yeah, I want to make sure that, that my use of the way I, I'm going to speak my language doesn't get in the way of you guys having a breakthrough. 
And so I committed to that. I was like, okay, I'm going to go through the process, go through everything. And it was amazing. And there were things I'm like, oh, I don't agree with that necessarily or this, but because I was there and I was willing, I had amazing breakthroughs. Um, Tony Robbins, the same way. I love Tony. Like, I love my, I, my values align very close with his, my beliefs. But there's things that we obviously disagree on. There's things that happen. Um, but I can tell you, like, in the room with Tony, I felt closer to God with him than almost anywhere else on this planet multiple times. And if I would have let him dropping an F word or this or that offend me, that would have kept me back. Now, I'm not going to drop an F word, so don't anyone worry here. <laughs> a shocking thing about Funnel Hacking Live, we get more complaints when someone mentions the word God than we do when people drop the F word, which is so confusing to me. So um, I'm going to be on the opposite side of that. Hopefully you're okay with that because it's important because I think, I believe, uh, um, that what we're doing is a mission from God. And if you don't believe that, that's totally cool. Just like, it's a mission from myself. I don't care. Whatever you need to, to fit in your beliefs, just understand that, that these things are, are here and they're happening. And so I'm going to frame it through the world the way I see it and then catch it and frame it in the world the way you see it. That works. So, um, you guys cool with that? All right. Uh, the next thing, I was talking to somebody in the hallway and talking about this book a little bit. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be different than like most personal development books or most like, you know, goal setting books. I'm like, this is not for like people who are like, I'm going to set a goal January 1st to lose some weight. And then three days later, they lose it, right? Like this is for like hardcore people. This is for people who are trying to change the world. This is like, like for us, right? And so I'm going to be going a lot deeper than I think, and hopefully um, um, covering things that, that I don't, I didn't, I haven't seen shared in a lot of places. I found pieces up here and there, but a lot of this has been like me sitting and mewling through things for hours and and trying to figure out how to fit all these things into my own world. And so um, that's kind of the, the perspective. And so this presentation, everything I'll be talking about, is for the prime movers. Um, I'm talking about the prime movers versus the drifters here in a minute. But uh, the prime movers who I think are you guys. And we've talked about this at Funnel Hockey Live. I'm going to go a little deeper into what a prime mover is in, in a minute. Um, but I wanted to kind of start by doodling a couple things um, that will hopefully help illustrate this. So this is each of us. This represents you right now. And uh, I have a belief, and I'm emphasizing the word belief because, again, we're going to be talking uh, today and tonight about values, beliefs, rules, habits, and going deep into what those things are and defining those and things like that. Um, Your beliefs are either going to serve you or they're going to destroy you, um, as you will find out here. And my belief is that that me and each of you guys has been called by God to do something, do something amazing, okay? And so there's this call. Um, You know, if you study like story structure, they call it the call to adventure. You can call it whatever you want, but they're... um, there's this call, and each of us has been called to do something, right? Um, and the question is like, well, what does that call, like, what does that mean? Like, did somebody call you? Russell, you're like sitting there, and like, also you heard a voice like, Russell, you must do this thing. Like, no, that's not what I mean, at least not for me. And maybe for some of you guys, that's what happened. That's cool. I wish that happened to me. That would have saved me some stress and anxiety uh, along the way. But for me, it was different. For me, it was desires. Like, I had these desires. How many of you guys have felt that? Like, this, this desire, and you're like, why is this here? How many of you guys felt that desire sometimes? You're like, oh, is this bad? Is this evil? Like, I don't understand it right? Especially when you get into religion, especially if you look at people who have Christian beliefs a lot of times, you get into business trying to make money and all of a sudden there's this thing of like, wait, should I be doing that? Should I not be doing that? There's these desires evil and we start freaking out. And I see so many people self-sabotage because they think these desires are evil, they're wrong, they're, they're whatever, right? And I don't believe they are. I believe these desires are the calling. And each of us has different desires. We're all been called to different things, right? Um, some, some of you have desires to help you know, uh, you're in fitness market, you have desires to, to get fit and then to help other people. Some of you guys are in business and finance and like everyone's got different desires that, that we're given. And what's interesting is that um, over the last couple, man, over the last couple 
months I've been talking, I've been, as I've been going through this process in my head, I've been doing little podcast episodes here and there, different, different parts of it. And uh, Brooke Asila, who we talked about this morning, she uh, was listening to the podcast and then she sent me an audio message specifically about this part right here, about this call, about these desires we each have, right? And again, some people like think these desires are evil or they're bad or they're trying to like, to like hide these as opposed to saying like, wait, what if these aren't for me? What if these are from, from something else? What if this is something I'm supposed to be following? And she sent me this message and I want to play it. I hope she's okay with it. It's about three minutes long, but it was her just riffing on an on a audio message to me one morning um, as I was preparing all these things. And when she said this, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so, this is so good. So you guys cool if I play this uh, audio message from, from Brooke? Okay, hopefully this will work. Hello, hello. All right, here we go. So I've been listening to your podcast. And I know you're writing a book right now. And I think there's a couple things I just want to make sure you address in your book. <laughs> just from, you know, obviously this is the work that I do all the time with my students. And one of the things actually you and I have had a conversation about is like money goals and how a lot of people think that money goals aren't spiritual. And that they're the opposite, right? So if you set a goal for a million dollars, that's pulling you away from God versus focusing on, like, being more aligned with um, the rules of the Bible, so to speak. And so I've had so many conversations about this. And one of the things that I think is really important is that people understand that worldly goals, the reason why I think we're in the world is to evolve ourselves mentally and spiritually. And the worldly goals are what can allow us to get there. Because if you think about it, when you set a million dollar goal, you have to get over all your self-doubt, all your fear, all your um, worries about what other people think about you. And one of the things that I say often to my students is you have to have the ability to believe in yourself. You have to have the ability to know what you're capable of. And I think a lot of people have a tough time with that because they think they're being arrogant or they think they're thinking too highly of themselves. And one of the things that I tell them is like, yeah, but you didn't make you, <laughs> right? You're not the one that created you. So it's not really for you to judge. It's for you to accept you're already 100% worthy and 100% capable. And the desires that you've been given to you in your heart are the map of where you need to go. And when you don't pay attention to those desires, you are smaller than you're meant to be. There is a huge escrow waiting out there for you. Jeez, Abraham's word, and, you know, a huge escrow. And if you don't claim it, nobody will. And so, yeah, it, it's fun to have money goals and it's fun to have business goals just because of what they require you to do to evolve. And the other point that I think is super important is that as soon as you set big goals for yourself, even Hall of Fame, Super Bowl goals for yourself, you're going to immediately doubt yourself. You're going to immediately think that you're not good enough. That is the whole freaking point. And if you're not feeling uncomfortable and you're not feeling like you're making a contribution to your own life and other people's life, I don't think your goals are big enough. So I'm so stoked you're writing this book. I think so many people especially in business, need to understand how aligned those two things are. I think a lot of people opt out of really big financial goals because they think it will somehow make them evil. I tell them it just makes you more of who you are. And we need more money in the hands of the good people, my friends. All right. Just, just a little, 
thoughts with Brooke this morning. <laughs> I hope it helps. Bye. Awesome. <laughs> what a cool gift that was, huh? To wake up one morning, hear that, and be like, whoa, that's so cool. Okay? You didn't create you. Did you catch that? You didn't create you. How many times like, oh, like, I don't know if I'm worthy. Should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? Like, it's not up to you. Somebody else created you, gave you these desires as a map, as a guide to take you somewhere. Right? And if we stifle those desires, what are we doing? Right? We're not living for our potential. Okay? God didn't send us here to come to earth and say, hey, just like be a drifter. Just like, no. He came here for us to be able to be change movers, to change people's lives, to move things, to do things, to create. Otherwise, what's the point of all of this? Right? And so if you look at like when we hear this call, usually the call is coming because of one or two things. And this obviously depends on where you are in your life. And it's probably going to change. For some of you guys, it's coming to a spot where you are in severe pain and you are moving out of pain. Right? Okay. Some of you guys are in that spot right now. Okay. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but some of you guys are in the, in the spot where you're in pain and you start this journey because you're trying to get out of pain. Right? That's usually where most of us start. Almost all entrepreneurs start there. Right? You look at... It's interesting. You look at most people who are the prime movers, who are the people who are changing. This isn't just entrepreneurship. This is in athletics. This is in anything that's creative, engineering, development, art. Like people who are moving usually just because they're in pain initially and they're trying to figure out how to get out of that pain. This is where the journey begins. And eventually it shifts to you, you, you have some success, something starts happening, and the next set of goals, next set of desires moving not so much away from pain but towards pleasure. Okay, and that's the second step, if I can spell pleasure. Um, Towards pleasure, a couple things. There's growth that you're working for. There's growth goals. There's contribution goals. Um, that's the direction towards pleasure. And so some, everyone in here is somewhere on that timeline, somewhere on that continuum, right? And you've been given these desires to get you out of pain and then to move you towards pleasure, okay? Obviously, everyone goes through these pains at some point in our life, which is why we're here. But long-term, like the goal, by the end, we're supposed to be going through like getting ourselves out of pain and then growth, the personal growth, and eventually contribution we're helping other people. Like that's the, the timeline of events we're trying to be moving through throughout our life. Now, the next thing I want to mention, because I know that when I first started talking about this concept with people on my team and just other people around me, um, some people struggle with this because they're like, well, I don't, I don't have a thing. Like I don't feel like ClickFunnels is my thing. Like I don't have a, a definite mission right now, Okay. And I wanted to kind of explain that because the way that I view this is there's, there's kind of two different ways this call comes to you, right? Sometimes it is, it is to go and be a creator and to be the ones out there creating and doing and like making these things, right? Uh, other times it's aligning with somebody who is the creator, right? Like we've got 400 plus people to work uh, on our team at ClickFunnels. Like all of them can't be me, but all of them have bought into the vision of what we're trying to do and trying to accomplish, Right? How many guys were at Funnel Hacking Live the very first time? Uh, I think it was Orlando when Tim Ballard came and shared the message of Operation Underground Railroad. Who was here at that event? How many of you guys, when you saw that, you're first off like, that's amazing. I'm so glad that I don't have to go do be Tim Ballard and go create like this team that's going to go and save these children. Like, but you're like, you're aligned with that. And you're like, that's the vision I can align with. I want to be part of that. How can I help that? How can I build that into my mission? How many of you guys felt that? Okay. So it's not bad. It's not saying that the, the person that's creating is better or worse. Like we need everybody. And I'm going to talk a lot about teams tonight. Um, but for everyone, like that call's coming, you're being called because it's like, you're the one who's supposed to be the one creating, doing this thing. Or it's like, there's somebody who was the creator. I need to go and align myself to help support that mission, that vision, that thing that we're going to go. Both of them are calls to, uh, to adventure. Okay. And it's interesting for me, like I've looked back in my life thinking about the times that I felt this, I've had these strong desires for me to do something. The biggest one for me initially 
was definitely my wrestling career. Um, prior to wrestling, I didn't do much of anything. I just sat on, at home and watched TV, and that was about it. And then my dad made me wrestle. I started doing it. I started liking it. <clears throat> and I had these desires, like, I want to get good. I want to become the best. And I started going deeper and deeper into this, this thing, right? And I remember for a long time, I was just like, why, like, why am I excited by this? It didn't make sense. But I didn't really care when I was a younger kid. But then when I got done with my career and it was over, I was like, why did I do all that? Like, I put in a decade and a half of my life for this thing, chasing this goal, trying to figure this thing out. And I'm like, why did I do Like, other than like, this was the thing I wanted to do. Like, did it help anybody else? Did it serve anybody? Like, I don't know. Like, what was the point of it all, right? But now looking back, now that I'm turning 42 next week, so like looking back on my life now, it's really cool looking backwards and be like, man, if it wasn't for the desires I had during wrestling and what I learned and how I grew and what I understood and like how I learned how to work and outwork everybody and how I learned how to set goals and achieve those goals. If it wasn't for all those things, um, I wouldn't have been able to do the next step in the mission, right? And so the desires I was given at that point were all there because God was up there kind of playing chess. He's like, eventually I'm gonna need Russell to do this thing over here. But right now he's not very good at anything. He's watching TV. Let me get him to do something like here. And he started moving the chess pieces around so that somewhere 40 years later, I could show up and be able to be here to serve you guys. Right? Same thing started with business. Like when I was uh, 21 years old, I just got off my mission. I got home, and for some reason, I was like, I got to figure out how to make money. I know the reason. My wife was working. I was, I was the husband who had no income, and I felt guilty, and I started having these desires. Like, I got to figure out how to make money. So I went to Google. I typed in how to make money, and I went down that rabbit hole, right? Uh, as many people do, but that desire didn't go away, and it kept, going, kept, kept, kept coming to me. And at first, it's like, why am I having this desire? Is it selfish? Like, should I be doing this? Like, should I just get a job like most people? But that desire was like, consuming. He kept like beating and beating, right? And I look at that 20 years ago when I started that process, it wasn't like, oh, Russell, you've been called to serve a whole bunch of people. Oh, Russell, you're going to be doing this thing. It was like, you've got to figure out how to make money. And it seemed almost selfish at the time. And we'll talk about it in a minute, but like, it was this, this thing that I kept pushing and pushing, right? And for a long time, I didn't know why. Like, why does God care? Like, like maybe he doesn't. Maybe this is like something evil or wrong or bad. I don't even know. Like, and it wasn't until, man, five or six years ago, um, actually it was the very first time I had the realization of how, how close, like, what I was doing in business and my mission, how it tied to, like, what God actually wanted me to do, right? Um, it was at the time when we met Operation Underground Railroad, and all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, all these skills that I'm learning in business I can use to help get this message out, right? And I started looking at, like, my faith and, like, Christ, and, like, how can I use this to help get more people to find out about, about Him? And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, 20 years ago, God gave me these desires to go learn marketing and business and sales and try to figure these things out, not because He cared about me making money or not, he was moving the pawn pieces, moving around, because you know, 20 years from now, Tim Ballard's going to need someone to help him get his message out. You know, 20 years from now, there's going to be a group of people who are all trying to change the world, and I had to go through a whole bunch of ups and downs and, and like, become who I needed to be so that I could stand in front of you and be like, here's the things I learned, here's the tools, here's the things, right? And every one of you guys has that, that, that story, right? There's something that brought you to where you are today, right? It's like moving these chess pieces around. We don't really know, but those desires are the map, like Brooke said. It's the map that's guiding us, and if we, don't, if we ignore those desires, um, then nothing else happens in the process, okay? All right, so this is what happens. We get this call to adventure. We're sitting here, and then this is where we are given the two options. And these are the two options that all of us face every day, 100 times a day sometimes, right? How am I going to act? In the two different directions. Ooh, that mic is, is that for me? It's a spot. Don't write on the whiteboard while you're talking. The two options, faith and fear. We have two options every single time. Like, am I going to do this? Am I going to have faith and do this thing? Or am I going to like not and have fear? Okay, now if you've read, um, if you've read Napoleon Hill's Outwitting the Devil, which is, of everything he's produced is the best 
probably one of, if not my favorite book I've ever read, uh, When the Devil. He talked about people that take fear and what he called these people, he called them drifters. Drifter. So these people are drifters. They drift to and fro and they don't ever do anything. They don't accomplish things. They get in these ruts and they just keep drifting around life. And he says in the book that 98% of the world, which is all of these people, 98% of them are drifters. They got no purpose, no aim, no anything. They wake up, they walk around life, they go to bed and they just don't, like there's no purpose at all. They're just drifting around. 98% of the world are drifters, okay? Now you got people who take faith. Faith is the opposite side, Right? There's people who say, like, I'm going to do that thing. I'm going to, like, it doesn't make sense. I don't understand, but I'm going to, like, I have faith in this thing. I'm going to take that step into the darkness, right? That's faith. Now, in the book um, Atlas Shrugged, Ayn Rand calls these people prime movers, okay? And so for me, in my head, this is how I break it. There are drifters and there's prime movers, okay? Based on this, there's 2% of people. So that's this percent right here are the prime movers, okay? And what's the difference between these different groups, right? If I look at this, um, in the scriptures, it talks about there are people and there are things that are acted and things that are acted upon. The prime movers, people who move in faith, are the ones who act. People who move through fear are the people and the things that are acted upon. Okay? We want to be the people who are acting, who are moving forward, who are having faith. Now, faith doesn't mean we're going to understand it, right? How many of you guys know where you are going? I don't. Okay? I literally ridiculously, every single time, I'm like, ah, I'm going to write a book called Dotcom Secrets. And I'm like, is anyone going to buy it? I don't know. Like, I'm, I feel called desires. Like, oh, I'm going to write a book. I've never written a book. Like, and you step into the darkness, and as you step in the darkness, it like lights up a, like, a little bit more. You're like, oh, okay, cool. And people are like, Russell, what's your five-year plan? I'm like, I had no idea. I just wrote a book. Todd and me just launched a software. What's the plan? I don't know. But I got faith. So I'm keep moving forward. And then it's like, hey, I, literally, I'm sitting at a dinner with Dean Graciosi. First time we're hanging out. I'm sitting across the table and we're having a conversation about who knows what. And all of a sudden, I was like, you're supposed to write another book called Expert Secrets. I'm like, what? Doesn't make any sense. I, don't, I, I hated writing books. That was the worst experience ever. It's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. That's your job. And I'm like, oh, faith or fear, faith or fear. I'm like, oh, it'd be so much easier to not write it. It'd be so much easier to be a drifter. And it's like, nah, Netflix is on. I'll do it later. Right? But I'm like, gosh, dang it. I have to move forward with faith because, like, that didn't just come into my head, so I take the step forward, and it lights up a little further. And traffic secrets, and then boom, boom, boom. And now I'm in this book. Like, why? Like, I never wanted to write another book, but like, here I am. Now we're writing a book, like, right? Because it's this thing. Faith and fear act and acted upon. We are the actors, the prime movers, the people who are acting. You are the ones who are changing the world. You're the ones who are shifting things. You are the ones who are going to make things better, okay? This is my doodle kind of drawn out here. Um, this is kind of where we're trying to go. All right, so prime movers. Uh, this again came back from the book, uh, Atlas Shrugged. Who here has read the Atlas Shrugged book? Really? All like 1600 pages? It's worth it. It's it's a three times. That's amazing. Um, uh, in the book, she talks about the, she talks about Prime Mover. And if you've read the book, um, this book was written like in the the fifties or so. And the main characters were all built around, uh, the railroad. So a lot of the references are railroad and things like that. But she talks about, um, how like the engine of the, the, um, the re- engine of the, of the rail car, of the, of the, what's it called? Train. Yes. I'm like the rail car. <laughs> Whew. It's going to be a long day. Um, the train, the engine of the train is the prime mover. It's the thing that pulls everything else. It's the thing that act. Everything else is acted upon. Think about your life. How many of you guys are actors? You're looking at all the other people and things that are being acted upon because you're going through something, right? 
So she said a prime mover is something inside of a physical object which literally causes it to move, to create, to achieve, like an engine. Okay? That is the prime mover. Okay? These are the people I've been called to serve. These are entrepreneurs, but it's more than that. It's entrepreneurs, it's athletes, it's uh, designers, developers, it's people who are acting, people who are moving forward, people who are trying to create stuff, not the acted upon. Okay, now the good thing about this is that you can make this shift. Anyone can make this shift. This isn't something like a genetically born thing. Like everybody has it inside themselves to start moving forward in faith, to become a pride mover, to become someone who's acting as opposed to someone who's acting upon. Okay, but they have to hear the call and they can't ignore it. Okay, my goal and my hope with this book is that people over here will hear the call and they will make the shift, right? So the person who's like setting a New Year's resolution every day, like I'm gonna lose 10 pounds this year and by January 1st and by January 3rd, they have it. It's because they're back into the drifting patterns instantly. I wanna wake them up and help them move forward with faith because if we can get more people moving forward with faith and acting, this is how we're gonna change more people's lives, okay? So this is my goal. This is how I'm an engine trying to move the train along of the people I've been called to serve. Each of you guys have that side of yourselves as well. You're each prime movers. You each are acting and trying to change people and wake them up and help them to move. Okay, I remember Garrett White launched his company, Wake Up Warrior. The whole goal was just to wake up men, to get them out of this fear, get them out of sedation. Right now, you know, all the men that he was called to serve were drinking and looking at pornography and, and, you know, all these different things they were doing to sedate themselves as opposed to waking up and moving forward. Okay, my mission, your mission is similar. Our job is to get people to act. We are the prime movers. We want to create more prime movers, get more people acting as well. Right? And every one of our businesses are doing that. If you look at what your business is, my guess is that somewhere in your business, that's what you're doing is you're waking up an audience, right? the people you've been called to serve. Okay, now one good thing about this, one of the biggest fears that people have, we'll go deep into fears later on uh, tonight as well. One of the big fears people have moving forward faith is like, what if I fail? What if I don't have success? What if I, what if I, what if I? And I want to give you guys good news. The best news about this, I tried to tell it to my kids, the kids on the wrestling team, like, like 98% of people aren't doing anything right? Was like 90% of all businesses fail in the first year or five years or something crazy like that? Like if you just move forward in faith, like you're, like you're only competing against 2% of the people. It's really not that hard. Like when I started wrestling, I was like, oh my gosh, there's like all these million people. I want to be a state champion. I want to be a national. I had all these different big visions and goals. And my mind is like, it's the entire world. And I'm like, no, it's not the entire world. First off, it's only people signed up for wrestling. So they just shrunk really small. People had the faith to actually do it, right? And then it's like, we're all doing the same practice, Everyone in the States doing kind of the same thing. They go to practice for two hours. They're doing this. So if, I, if I'm going to go and like, if I, if I lift weights, I'm doing more than, than 98% of the people already. So I lift weights. I'm already ahead of them. If I do an extra practice twice a week or three times a week, I'm ahead of 98% of the people. And like, it starts shrinking, shrinking, shrinking. Suddenly, like, you're not competing against that many people. Maybe one or two other people, and that's who you're competing against. Same is true in business, right? Oh, business is so hard. It's so, so competitive. It's really not. Almost everybody failed. Like, almost everyone took fear and didn't even try didn't even start. You're competing against 2% of people, right? And if you do a little bit more, a little bit more, every single step you take, like shrinks that down more and more and more. Like, it's not that difficult. So understand that's like, oh my gosh, like I shouldn't have that much fear because I'm not competing against that many people. Most people are not stepping up to the plate. And so the, the fact that you're stepping up, you're one of the few that are there. Like even if you don't do anything, you're still going to be successful. I wrote down this quote in here because it's one of my favorites, but it's Theodore Roosevelt. And what you guys understand this is we're thinking about like this act of, of moving forward with faith. Uh, he said, it's not the critic who counts. It's not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them, done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly and who errs, but continues, uh, but who, and who comes short again and again because there's no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows with the great enthusiasm, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who knew neither victory nor defeat. Um, one of my favorite quotes. 
right? Because this is, the men and the women in the arena are here. Everyone else is over here. And they're going to try to pull us down and drag us down. But like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the people who are actually in the arena who are moving forward with faith. Okay. Uh, a couple of things I want to, um, we have two cool activities we're going to do. Before we get a couple other things, I want to go a little deeper on uh, this prime movers thing. This is something that I struggled with for a long time. Um, for those who have read Alice Shrug or study Ayn Rand or anything, um, she, uh, her, her philosophies are, um, are not soft, okay? I think most of us are like, oh, yeah, like, like we want, but like she's, she's very, very blunt on stuff. Uh, one of her books is called The Virtue of Selfishness, um, which I read the title. I was like, what? And she literally said, like, I wrote the, I wrote, I titled this because I wanted to like, I wanted to like, inter- I pattern interrupt people. I want people to like be upset about it because we need to talk about this. And she says, everyone is trying to focus so much on like giving and serving, but like the reality is for prime movers, for creators, like creation comes from a selfish spo- standpoint. Now, for some of you guys that sound like you heard that, you're like, oh, you felt like that. That's how I felt the first time. I'm like, oh, no, it doesn't. Like I'm here to serve. Okay. But a couple of things she said, so prime movers, um, number one, I want to mention, like, again, I do believe that each of us has been called to serve, that we have these desires, okay? But when you're first called to serve somebody, guess what? By default, those people are going to reject you. How's that feel? Like, what? But Russell, I'm called to serve these people. Yeah, eventually they will be grateful for you, but right now they will not be grateful. I promise you that, okay? When I started this mission, trying to help entrepreneurs, Man, it was brutal. I got made fun of. I got beat up virtually. Um, horrible things written about me. I remember sitting at, at uh, Thanksgiving dinner at my wife's house, uh, with, uh, sitting around the table before we had any kids. And her mom asked me at the Thanksgiving dinner table, Russell, I Googled your name yes, or last week, and there's a video that says you're a scammer. Is that true? You scam me people? To my brand new mother-in-law. And I was like, What? And I go to the bathroom. I got to the bathroom. I'm like Googling on my phone. And my Russell Brunson pops up. Big old video. Russell Brunson's a scam artist. Right? I tried to save wrestling in the United States. I built a wrestling team. I, I built a, a center. I flew all these wrestlers. I, I flew out coaches. I gave all the wrestlers compete for Olympic team jobs. I was like, this is amazing. I'm serving this audience. And guess what? The wrestling community destroyed me in all the wrestling forms. There's this spammer and this scammer named Russell. He's like a horrible person. Here's why. Like, like, it was insane. The people you're called to serve will reject you initially. And so if you're there to try to serve them, and that's your full, your full motivation, it's going to be very, very difficult. Now, Allison asked me yesterday, Russell, why do you keep getting up in the morning? Okay? I keep getting up in the morning because of this, because of the people. But at first, they're not there. And if that's your motivation to, like, I got to serve these people, and they start beating you up over and over and over again, it gets very difficult to keep moving forward. The initial creation is it's selfish, Okay? You have to focus on the creation. A couple of quotes from Ayn Rand that I thought were, were really interesting. She said, uh, Men have been taught that the highest virtue is not to achieve, but to give. Yet one cannot give that which has not been created. Creation becomes before distribution, or there will be nothing to distribute. The need of the creator comes before the need of any possible beneficiary. Yet we are taught to admire the second-hander who, di- who uh, dispenses the gift. Uh, he is not... Uh, gifts he has not produced above the man who actually made the gifts possible. We praise, we praise the act of charity and we shrug at the act of achievement. Okay? What you have to understand is that initially, like, the initial desires, like, I want to become a better athlete. I want to make more money. I want to do, like, that is the driving thing at the very beginning. Okay? Now, what's amazing, what happens is that through that, as you start doing those things and you're selfishly moving forward, trying to pursue your goal, your vision, the thing that you want to have happen, the wake of that, the byproduct that will happen behind you is the contribution. 
That's where you have a chance to serve people. How many has watched the documentary, um, the Michael Jordan documentary, the, the, last, the Last Dance? It was so good. Um, like, I'm not even a basketball dude, and I was like, that was amazing. But if you look at Michael Jordan, right, um, probably the greatest basketball player ever, he was not like, here's this team, let's build a team, it's going to be awesome. He was like, no, I'm Michael Jordan, I'm going to be the greatest basketball player ever to play. And he stood up to the line, he started playing, he started playing, he started playing. And people hated him. People did not like him. He was ruthless. He made fun of people. He, like, people quit. They left. He's like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to become the best in the world. And he did it and started moving forward. And in the wake of him selfishly pursuing his mission and his goals, he built the greatest basketball dynasty of all time. Okay? That's what we have to understand. Okay? If it wasn't for me and Todd being in ClickFunnels, being selfish, like we want to create something because we know this is here. This is going to happen. We're going to make a ton of money. If we weren't selfish about that in our time and our energy, we would never have created this. So you have to understand that because it's going to be hard for most of us. It was hard for me to be like, okay with that. I've never publicly talked about this because it's like hard. But in my head, it's just like, it's a very selfish thing. Any goal you're setting. I want to, I want to get a six pack. I want to get abs. I want to work out. I want to be a state champ. I want to be a national champ. Like it is a selfish goal. I want to make more money. I want to build a business. It has to be. Or it's just going to be hard for you to drive enough to do it. But after you've done that, the wake of what you create is the contribution. Okay, it'll come. And after that's happened, then the people will start showing up. But initially they don't. And so if you're doing it for them, it's not going to last. You've got to do it for you. How many of you that feel a little uncomfortable for? Yeah. It's super uncomfortable for me. Especially saying out loud. But if we're going to be honest, like, that's it. If I would have done it for people who are making videos about how I'm a scam artist, if I would have done it for the wrestling team who all told the world that I was a scammer and a spammer and all these kind of things, like, I wouldn't have done it. I would have given up way before I got to the finish line. You've got to do it for yourself. And all feels weird. Okay, but God's giving you those desires because he knows that if you act on that and you start moving forward, the wake, the contribution, the byproduct, the people you're able to serve will be there. And then when you get burned out, you're like, man, I've been carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders for so long. Man, I've been literally this, this prime mover carrying this stuff for so long. And like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And all of a sudden you look back and you see this wake of contribution and you're like, oh, dang, that's why I did it. That is so much cooler than the money I got. I told this yesterday with Allison on stage, right? She asked me like, yeah, at first you're like, the money's amazing. You get the money, you're like, this is not fulfilling. Dang. But the money's what drove you. And you look back, you're like, oh, that's fulfillment. Okay? The fulfillment comes later. Faith precedes the miracle. You have to have faith first. You have to move forward. You have to do these things, and then the miracle will show up. Okay? Which means we have to have confidence in ourselves, which can be hard at times. Okay? Confidence in your goals, confidence in things. But if you believe this is beyond yourself. This isn't just like you making this thing up, but it's bigger. Then it gives you the ability to drive forward. We're talking about beliefs tonight. We're going to go deeper into that, and it'll be really fun, but that's kind of the, the initial. Okay, prime movers. Now, one thing about prime movers, and you look down here, the prime movers, like the thing, the difference between drifters and prime movers, drifters have no purpose. They have no anything. They're just kind of spinning around in circles, right? People who are prime movers, uh, as Napoleon Hill said, they're moving, they move forward with definiteness of purpose. Okay, and I notice he didn't say they move forward with purpose or they have a good why. Those things are good, right? Like, I have a why. I have a purpose. No, it's definiteness of purpose. When I think of definiteness, I think of a target. Like, I know exactly, like, that's where I'm going. Like, that's the middle of the thing I'm going to go, right? He said that the one quality which one must possess to win, I don't care where you're trying to win, trying to win business, trying to win sports, athletics, whatever you're trying to win in, the one quality one must have to possess to win is that it, uh, and that is definite of pur- definiteness of purpose, the knowledge of what one wants and a burning desire of how to possess it. One of the biggest reasons why people over here stay and become drifters forever is they have no purpose. They have nothing they're going for. If you don't know what you're going for, 
It's easy to sit there and watch Netflix for 25 hours a day, right? Because you got, like, there's no purpose. There's just like, right? But if you want to win, says the knowledge of what one wants, this is what I want, this purpose. Not just like, oh, I want this thing, like, definite. I know exactly what it is I want. You know exactly what you want, and then a burning desire to possess it. How many of us like you know exactly what you want? Okay, does it make it easier to run forward? How many of us like, I don't really know yet. I don't want more. I want something different, right? I'm in pain. I'm trying to get out of it. Or I'm out of pain. I feel like there's something, but I don't know what it is. It's okay if you don't yet know, okay? But that's one of the things that you've got to become definite. Like, what is that purpose? And I'm hoping that today, uh, from this first session, tonight's session, we'll get closer and closer to that. Um, we're going to be going through a bunch of activities to kind of narrow that down for everyone. So by the time you leave, you're like, I know exactly what my purpose is. I know exactly where I'm going, exactly what I'm doing, okay? Okay, so that was the introduction of the book. Now we're moving to secret number one. Um, secret number one is the Hall of Fame. Um, the first time I heard anyone talk about this is actually Alex Sharfin. He was talking about his meeting structure. Anyone gone through Alex's training? Okay. It's really good. And he talked about his meeting, his, um, meeting structure with the business. So the first thing we do is we figure out, like, what's the Hall of Fame goal? And from there, your Super Bowl. And then your daily target. And reverse engineered that. And as I started thinking about from a goal setting, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's the biggest thing. Most of us set a goal. We're like, I want to win the Super Bowl. And that's, like, where we begin at, right? It's like, that's cool. But, like, why? Like, what's the purpose? We have to go one step um, above that to the Hall of Fame to figure that out. And for a long time, I was like, what is the Hall of Fame goal? Like, how do I identify? How do I like, like, what is that? And with the Hall of Fame goal, it ties back to our values. So this whole section is going to be talking about values. I'm glad um, you today talked about values from a company standpoint. Today, we're, now we're going to talk about uh, personal values. Okay, so the first thing here is the Hall of Fame goal. So the Hall of Fame goal in my mind is like, who do I want to become? Like when I die, when I leave this life, like, like who am I? Like what, was, what happened, Right? And I think the Hall of Fame is just a beautiful way to kind of illustrate that. Like the Hall of Fame goal, like where am I going to go? What's the thing I want to be? Okay. Um, <clears throat> now to figure out what our Hall of Fame goal is, because we could easily be like, oh, I want to be, I want to be like just throw out a thing. But it's not, a, it's not just like a statement, right? The Super Bowl goal is easy. I want to win the Super Bowl. I want to win a state championship. I want to like, like it's a very definite purpose, right? This is bigger. This is like encompassing a lot of different things, right? Like, I'm in the Hall of Fame for a lot of things. Like hopefully, I was like, a good parent because I was a good leader because I was a good, uh, like, all the different things, right? So, like, how do, we, how do we quantify this? How do we make it real? And this is something I've been struggling with a lot, trying to figure this piece of it out. And uh, I actually had a really amazing opportunity. Um, uh, Ayn Rand, who wrote Atlas Shrugged, she has a foundation called the Ayn Rand Foundation. And I had a chance to meet the uh, CEO of that. His name's uh, Tal Testhania. Hopefully, I pronounced the last name right. Uh, and Tal's awesome. He's like obsessed with her. And so I got a call with him like two weeks ago. We started talking about, about some of these principles and concepts. And he shared with me some amazing things about values and how, the, how what Ayn Rand wrote about him, what, how he's kind of taking these things. So I'm going to be sharing some stuff I learned from him that was so, so powerful. So <clears throat> the first thing, um, one, a quote that Ayn Rand said, she said that if we spend 5% of our time in introspection, like looking at like what's happening inside of our brain, thinking about that, she said we'd be a world of giants. Just 5% of our time. Okay, and most people never do. Most people are like in here and we're running around and we're just like bumping into things and hoping things happen. So my goal is for us to spend 5% of our time introspectively looking at like our minds and what ha- happens. Uh, after dinner, I'll be talking more about like conscious mind versus subconscious mind. But I do this picture because the conscious mind, it's kind of like an iceberg, right? So <clears throat> the tip of the iceberg is what we see, but then the, below the iceberg or below the water is all the rest of it, right? So the conscious mind is, what the, is the tip of the iceberg we see at top. The subconscious is all the stuff that's happening down below. Okay, and our subconscious mind is really dictating like, um, what makes us happy? What makes us sad? Like, why are we, like, all these kind of things, right? And most of us, because it's subconscious by nature, it's like this black box. We don't know what's in there, right? Anyone ever seen their subconscious mind before? Nobody? Dang, neither have I. <clears throat> so we don't know what's there. But our subconscious mind is driving stuff, right? 
And so you start thinking about this. You start thinking about like, well, what, what things make my subconscious mind happy? Like, well, I know for me, like what makes it happy? Like, well, watching a UFC fight makes me happy. Eating sushi makes me happy. Being with my wife makes me happy. Seeing my kids compete makes me happy. Like these are the things that are happening to our subconscious mind and we're not even aware of it, right? So most of us don't know. We're not like, these are the things that bring my subconscious mind this black box happiness. So we're just like bumping around, hopefully to find happiness. It's like, all that's in there, we can find it. We just got to start introspectively looking and understanding what's happening in the subconscious mind. So I'm going to dig deeper into that and kind of help a little bit. Now, um, the first thing I want to talk about in relation to this is what are the things that our subconscious mind values? What are, those, what are the values that it, th- it looks at and say, these are the most important things. These are the things that make me happy. And they're going to be different for everyone in here. All of you guys have different values. It's based on a whole bunch of things. Your upbringing, your religion, your uh, culture, your nationality, your uh, life experiences, like they're all different. Okay, which is why it's so amazing. We all value different things, which is, you know, and I think we all have a commonality. We have common things we all value because we're all in the same room together right now. There's also things I guarantee in some of my values you guys would disagree with completely. And some of your values I disagree with, but we can still be friends and still love each other because we all have uh, core values that we have in, in, that are similar, right? So what is a value? <clears throat> Ayn Rand said a value is that which one acts to gain or to keep. Okay, so that... A value is that which one acts to gain or to keep. So value is something I'm either trying to gain, I'm trying to get this thing, I value this thing, so I'm looking for it, right? Or it's like I value this, I'm trying to keep it. I'm trying to gain it or I'm trying to keep it, okay? So there's the definition we're going to be using. Now, um, in her writings, she said that um, the number one value for all of us, the number one value is your life, okay? And if you read her writings, both in her novels and also in her uh, other books that are more like her her uh, philosophy books, uh, she, has, she says there's basically the evil and the moral. The evil is anything that is putting your life in danger, risking, or diminishing it. Because the number one value is your life, right? And then the moral is everything that, you, that you're doing that's promoting, prolonging, and enriching your life. So the evil and the moral. So if you look at that, like, <clears throat> as, the, as the number one thing, the number one value you have is our life, and then this is what's good and what's bad. This starts kind of giving us some philosophy we can, we can build around, okay? And so... <clears throat> um, the first thing I want to do, we're going to have an exercise here in a second. Um, actually, can someone bring me up um, some of the sticky notes, just for me personally? <clears throat> um, first thing I want to do is I want to, I want to go through an, ex- uh, an exercise with you guys. And this is one that Tal Tesfany, the CEO of Ayn Rand Foundation, kind of invented based on this principle, right? The number one value is our life. And then underneath that, there's all these other things that we value. And everyone's values are, are different. Oh, thank you. I'll just grab that real quick. So what we're going to do with you guys is I want you guys to figure out what those things are we value. And everyone's values are different. So what we're going to do is we're going to create what, uh, what Tal calls a value galaxy. So what you're going to do with the value galaxy, in a second hour, our team's going to hand out these little sticky notes and a, a thing of paper, is you're going to sit here and you write down everything in the world that you value, everything that makes you happy. So it could be as dumb as like watching UFC fights with my buddies, sitting in a hot tub, kissing my wife, uh, eating sushi, uh, going to events, reading a book. Like what are the things that make your subconscious mind happy? Right? Like when I read Napoleon Hill, I get really happy and get excited. I go to a meeting, I'm bored out of my mind. So I don't value meetings. You can ask my team. Like I do everything in my power to never go to a meeting ever. Like I hate meetings. They're the worst things ever. I do not value them. Right? Other people on my team love meetings. They value them, right? All of you guys are different. So when you think about everything you value, not just like in business, but in life, in relationships, in your family, in your religion, in your like, as I want to create a value galaxy of everything you're going to do. So what you're going to do is you're going to grab this little pad of paper. Um, let me click this here. And my team can start handing these out now if you want. We'll grab a piece of pa- these little pieces of paper, and you're going to write down a value. And we're going to spend about 10 minutes, and I want you to get as many as you can. If you can get 20, 30, 50 of them, that'd be awesome. And you're going to write it down. Like, just write down the thing, blah, blah, blah. 
and you're going to stick it down on your thing, on your paper, write the next one, and put them all in sticky notes as fast as you can. You're going to do about 10 minutes of this and write on everything you value, okay? And this is going to give you a glimpse of what your subconscious mind is actually looking for. And again, I don't want you just thinking like, this is what I value in business. I want to get all the parts of your life. The more you can get, the more random, the more obscure, the better. Um, and that's going to be the first game plan. Does that make sense? So again, uh, we've got 10 minutes to just write down all the things that are the good in the life, the things that you value the most, and we're going to build out a value galaxy. All right, let's cue up some music. You guys got 10 minutes. Ready, set, go. Really quick, so right now you guys have created your value galaxy, and I would encourage you guys to continue to keep building this tonight or tomorrow or on a flight home, whatever it is, but this is your value galaxy. This is what inside your mind, your subconscious mind, what it's looking for, is desiring, what it loves, what it values, okay? So that's the first thing. Now, the next thing I want to do, part of the exercise, is uh, and this is what Tal calls uh, creating value themes. So as you start looking at this, there's all the things you value, but if you, if you start looking at them, it's like, oh my gosh, a lot of these things are similar, right? Like all of these yellow ones here are all about my family. So this is like different ways that, I dropped that one. <laughs> um, these are all the ones that are um, around my family, let's say. And so I'm going to create a value theme right here of my family. And then it's like, oh, look at these blue ones. These are all about my, uh, maybe it's my relationships or maybe it's my health. Maybe it's something else that I value. Maybe it's uh, my entertainment. So like there's a value theme here. And so when you start looking through your values that you guys created right now, and then what you're going to do is, pick, is go through and try to find five or six different value themes to help shine a light on what your subconscious mind loves and it desires and it craves, okay? So we're going to spend about maybe two or three minutes going through, looking at your values and start putting together sticky notes sections to create five or six different value themes. Sound good? Ready, set, go. Go. 